Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Thursday, December 21st. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. 2023 has been a watershed year in Missouri and St. Louis politics, including when Gabe Gore replaced Kim Gardner as St. Louis circuit attorney. I've never shirked away from a, a opportunity to serve, an opportunity to have an impact, and uh, even politics won't scare me away from that. Coming up, St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum reviews the top stories that defined St. Louis and Missouri politics. St. Louis police say a dash cam was not on the vehicle that crashed into a South City bar, leading to the arrest of one of the business's co-owners. Authorities also say the officers in the vehicle were not given toxicology tests because investigators did not suspect they were under the influence. It's St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department policy to have reasonable suspicion before administering those tests. The Post-Dispatch reports those are the first comments from police since this week's crash. Authorities say the officers were distracted by the police radio, leading the driver to swerve and hit the business. The owners say police initially claimed they tried to miss a dog and then said they swerved to avoid a parked car. Police are not releasing body cam video citing the criminal case against a co-owner. Chad Morris is accused of pushing an officer. He was initially charged with a felony that has been reduced to a misdemeanor. A St. Louis apartment building with low-income senior housing is receiving a large federal grant. St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grunke reports the money is for climate resiliency. Council Tower Apartments on Grand is receiving an $18 million grant. It's part of a Biden administration program to support energy efficiency and clean energy in properties that include low-income housing. Julia Gordon is an assistant secretary for the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, which is overseeing the grants. All of this is putting resources into assisted housing at a time when production and preservation of affordable rental housing still is inadequate for the need and isn't necessarily ready for the future. The St. Louis building is one of 30 properties that are receiving similar grants today from the Inflation Reduction Act. I'm Kate Grumke. St. Louis Public Radio. Missouri officials are still deciding if they will opt into a program to provide more than $50 million in food benefits to roughly 430,000 children. The Missouri Independent reports social services and education officials have until January 1st to let the federal government know if the state will take part in the summer EBT program. If Missouri participates, it would have to submit a plan by mid-February. The state is still assessing its ability to implement the program for next year. It gives students eligible for free or reduced lunch at school $40 a month during the summer break to purchase food. The Independent reports Governor Mike Parson is urging advocacy groups to push some state departments to participate in the initiative. Many hourly workers throughout Illinois will see a bump in their paychecks January 1st. Mawa Iqbal has more. The state is raising the minimum wage for most workers from $13 to $14 an hour. The minimum wage for tipped workers will increase to $8.40 an hour, while those under age 18 working part-time jobs will get a raise to $12 an hour. The state has been phasing in minimum wage increases since 2019 and has one more to go in 2025 to get it to $15 an hour. Chicago has a higher minimum wage, $15.80 for employees and companies with 21 or more workers. 
The national minimum wage is just $7.25 an hour and hasn't been raised since 2009. Illinois joins six other states in raising the wage floor by at least $1 in the new year. I'm Mawa Iqbal. The Illinois Supreme Court has ruled bicyclists are nearly always permitted users of the road, but they are not always intended users. The distinction means municipalities are not liable for damages suffered by cyclists who are injured on roads that don't have clearly marked bike lanes or signage. The case involved a Chicago cyclist who was injured after he struck a pothole in a city crosswalk that had no bike lanes or signs. Janitors at AB InBev have unionized, but they will be part of a service contract involving non-union company Aramark. St. Louis Public Radio's Lauren Brennicke explains. Custodial workers are celebrating after a months-long effort to unionize. Cleantech, a union contractor for janitorial services, will begin working with the brewery and its corporate headquarters in early January. Aramark will subcontract janitorial services to Cleantech to avoid a longer labor dispute with the local union. Chris Rack is the local service employee's international union director. I think we've seen this year a lot of workers coming together to stand up for their rights in a way we haven't before. I would hope that more employers begin respecting their workers' wishes and not making it so difficult for them to organize and form a union. Union benefits and job protections for custodians will begin on January 8th. I'm Lauren Brennicke, St. Louis Public Radio. The Repertory Theater of St. Louis has raised nearly three-quarters of the $2.5 million it needs by year's end to complete its current season. As St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin reports, the money provides some breathing room, but the theater is not out of the woods. Theater leaders say their budget hole comes in part from declining ticket sales and a turn by some nonprofit funders away from the arts. A weekend fundraiser with actor John Goodman raised $150,000. Managing director Danny Williams said at the event the rep will announce a new season in March. That still depends on raising more funds, Williams says, but close to $2 million is a strong start. It's giving us the runway to actually now dare to dream and to actually put the pieces together to announce the season. You know, I I, I wanted to give more hope to folks. Williams says the rep is close to determining if it can proceed with one or both of the main stage shows planned for the new year. I'm Jeremy Goodwin, St. Louis Public Radio. Twenty twenty three turned out to be a watershed year in Missouri and St. Louis politics. It set the stage for a high-stakes election cycle and featured major changes throughout the region. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum has more on the stories that made an impact. In some respects, 2023 was fairly similar to most odd-numbered years where tense legislative fights take precedence, especially since there weren't that many actual elections throughout the past 12 months. But this year did see the formation of some intriguing matchups going into the 2024 cycle. That includes highly competitive GOP primaries for statewide posts like governor. But perhaps the biggest campaign announcement came earlier this fall when St. Louis County Prosecutor Wesley Bell jumped into the first district Democratic primary against incumbent Congresswoman Cori Bush. We needed more uh, steady and effective leadership, not only here at home and with the challenges in this in this region, but also on the national stage. 
Bell and his supporters took exception to Bush's advocacy for the Palestinian cause after Hamas's October 7th attack on Israel prompted a military campaign in Gaza. But Bush's advocacy for a ceasefire also drew widespread admiration from supporters like Josie Grillis. She is honest about who she is, and she is serving in office in the way that she ran for office. We don't have surprises from her. It wasn't just candidates who are gearing up for 2024. Backers of legalized abortion are trying to get something before Missourians to undo the state's abortion ban. But abortion rights supporters face legal hurdles from GOP officials and disagreement over what proposal to circulate for signatures. A surprise plan to scale back Missouri's abortion ban came from a group led by Republican strategist Jamie Corley. Corley's initiative would allow abortion up to 12 weeks of pregnancy and create exceptions for rape, incest, fatal fetal abnormalities, and the health and safety of the mother. People, whether they say they're pro-life, whether they say they're pro-choice, whether they say actually neither of those terms really identifies my views on this issue, can get behind what we're doing. There was more to 2023 than just the preparation for the 2024 elections. In Jefferson City, efforts to curb gender-affirming care for transgender minors consumed lawmakers' energy, and the state's LGBTQ community received a jolt before session ended when Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey sought to restrict hormone therapy and gender transition surgery for adults. Well, I'm proud that this is an innovative approach to protecting the health care of patients. Bailey's emergency rules on transgender health care didn't withstand judicial scrutiny, and he withdrew them after the legislature passed a ban for most transgender minors. Transgender Missourians like Chelsea Friels say even though the LGBTQ community lost this fight over health care for transgender minors, they will ultimately prevail with younger voters. Whenever you're in Jeff City, you can look around and you can always see trans kids in the room. And we always outnumber the amount of uh, people in support of this type of legislation. The city of St. Louis's government faced arguably the most profound change in 2023. Its board of aldermen shrunk from 28 to 14 members. And St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner faced widespread calls to resign amid management struggles in her office. At first, Gardner was defiant. This is nothing more than voter suppression, which we've seen on a national level as well as in the state of Missouri. But Gardner ultimately resigned, paving the way for Gabe Gore to take over the beleaguered office. I've never shirked away from a, a opportunity to serve, an opportunity to have an impact, and uh, even politics won't scare me away from that. Gore will be seeking a full four-year term next year, along with a slew of candidates seeking to hold critical local, state, and federal offices. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Fred Ehrlich edited that report. Before wrapping up, retired St. Louis Cardinals pitcher Adam Wainwright is moving ahead with his post-playing career, country music singer. He released a single this week, Time to Fly, which is an ode to Cardinals fans. So many memories together that we've made. I'll always be a Cardinal, and a Cardinal I will stay. It's time to fly. Wayno has dabbled in music for years and sang the national anthem on opening day this year at Bush Stadium. 
He was with the Cardinals since 2005 and finished his playing days with 200 career wins. Wainwright says a full album will be out in February. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Theme music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. St. Louis fans are one of a kind And you'll always be in this heart of mine And it's time to fly Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.